There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. You could hire one person to handle your digital strategy. Hey, how you doing? Or for the same amount of money, you can hire an entire team of experts. John, Ashley, Bernie, Bree, Pat, Sally. We're 2060 Digital, a national digital advertising agency based right here in the Twin Cities. Our digital marketers, client strategists, videographers, and more have worked on hundreds of campaigns in the healthcare, home services, automotive, education sectors, and more. 2060 Digital, a team of experts working for you. More at 2060digitalmsp.com. Welcome to the family with Mike Gelfand, Tevin Pittman, and Andy Bernard. Hey, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. What's happening? Uh, everything's happening. It is, Mike, and I want you to know something that I'm going along with every mayor of every town in America, that I'm pro-Hamas and anti-Gelfand. What do you think? <laughs> well, you know, the anti-Gelfand thing I've been experiencing most of my life. <laughs> So it, it doesn't bother me about the other thing. <laughs> I just, Mike, I, I just want to get this out of the way so we can go and have a good time. But what in the hell is wrong with these mayors in America today? I, I guess they feel like uh, they're catering to their base. That's, that's what's wrong with politics in general. Nobody catering? really wants to do what yeah. they think is right anymore. Not true. That's a very good point, but I just couldn't. But the mayor of Chicago came out as pro-Hamas today. You think he's ever met anybody from the Hamas tribe? Uh, no, I, it's probably highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. Think he's ever met a Jew in Chicago? A few. A few. How do we get there? I, look, i got to be honest with you. I don't know anything about Hamas. I know a lot of Jews. I, my opinion is, I, I suppose, I'm not anti-Hamas, I'm just pro-Jew. Does that work? Yeah, and I'm, I, think, I think it's basically a lot of shameful behavior from both sides. You know, yeah, um, I think that's true. It's, it's, I mean, it's basically, it's, it's kind of like a universal genocide. So, you know, you, so it is to hard to really be fully in favor of anything. But we can actually drag Tevin into this argument. Yeah. Because I've noticed a lot of Americans, when they say they're pro-Hamas, they're only pro the dark-skinned Hamas. <laughs> uh, and too many Jews are white, so they don't want to support them. No. Is that part of it? Yeah. Well, the whole thing is bizarre because Chicago, like, their city council voted for a ceasefire over in Israel. And, like, I don't think the— Which be good. I don't think the Chicago— 
vote, city council vote, gets forwarded over to Hamas and Israel, and they're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah, now we got to stop what we're doing. Like, what, yeah. like this Chicago is, said so. Like, what, is, what are you guys even doing? Worry about your own it's, city before you vote on if they should cease It's all fire. performative. Right. And Chicago is not your ordinary, the way, the, it's not the, the way big cities are ordinarily um, uh, thought of, you know, because right. Chicago is just a bunch of cities. No, you, know, you know what? I do agree with that. You're absolutely right, because there would be, you know, one thing I love about Chicago, there's a, it's out uh, on the south end of town, um, there's a street and as it runs through the neighborhoods, the name of the street changes. Yeah, it starts out, of course, with Malcolm X Boulevard. Malcolm X Boulevard that turns into Pope <laughs> Pius the Twelfth Boulevard. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> uh, no, that's, I think that's hilarious. I mean, it's an incredibly diverse city. I love Chicago. Yeah, I used to. Fantastic. I heard it's just horrible downtown now. Well, it's it's like it's like it's not as bad as really the the worst cities not even close but good but you know it's a matter of what zip code you're in mm -hmm. but that whole area i was talking about i love going down in that area because literally you go block by block the street changes its name you meet different kinds of people yeah. it's quite the experience actually yeah and i and i think that really of all the wards in chicago i think that there's probably only like 15 percent where where it's just totally rigged no, I understand. Uh, do you do you know what the Jewish population of Chicago is? Do you have any idea? I'm not sure, but it's it's probably it's probably in Chicago itself. It's probably up to four four percent, five percent. I would think so. Like, not a huge number. And what is the Hamas population of Chicago? Well, it's diminishing, so I'm not quite sure. Yeah. So is it zero? Um, probably not. I don't really understand why this guy, this mayor of Chicago, took a position on this at all. I'd like to see all people live in peace. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, yeah, and, and I like to see all people. I mean, look, is with both of these sides, you know, okay, you made your point, right? Right. And right. No, it's a good, that's a good way to put it, Mike. So maybe it's time to stop, the, for example, decapitating children. That would be nice. I would like it if little children could keep their heads. That would be great. Uh, is it the whole world? What happened to the whole world? Why do we all hate each other so much now? Because honest to God, it's not just Democrats and Republicans anymore. It's the Democrats and Republicans against one another on every topic. Well, it's, they can't get along on anything anymore. Well, and that's because, you know, each, each, it, it's, look, it's, it's, it's identity politics. You know, we used to, not that long ago, most of us, I think, looked at candidates, and we didn't write, oh, no, Democrat, no, Republican, no. We, yeah, we, right. we, but nobody cares about issues anymore. No. No, I think that's true. Did you, use the, did you hear the comparison I used why I might be the most giving person and <laughs> accepting person on earth? I, I, well, I've always said that, but no. Well, there's no question about it. But I used you as one of my models. Mm -hmm. And this is true, I believe. And tell me if you don't think this is true. Uh, you're probably one of the most far-left people I've ever met. Wouldn't you agree? Well, I don't come close to being one of the most far-left people I've ever met. Well, no, I suppose <laughs> not. But you're, you're pretty, pretty, well, pretty you know, out there. Well, you know, we talked briefly about this last week. I'm, I'm, I'm your basic uh, New Deal 
Democrat. You know, mm-hmm. that's the coalition that formed uh, during the Great Depression, and uh, and I still believe in all those things. So I'm just where, basically, I'm 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 where liberals have always been because it does come down for us old timers. It comes down to um, the the basics. You know, voters today, most of them don't see it this way anymore. But the way I see it is I. And I think this was the original, the original uh, dispute between the two parties, you know, going mm-hmm. into the 40s anyways. I believe that considering all the poverty we have, considering the, the horribly biased distribution of money, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that government can and has to be a source of good for, for a lot of people. Well, but a lot of people, on, uh, a lot of Republicans, no, no, it's it's laissez-faire and let the let the uh, you know let the free market decide. So that's that was always the the chasm, and it just kind of got infected from there. But that's but that's but that's what I am. I'm I'm just your basic New Deal Democrat. The most, the most basic Democrat there is. Oh, but, but I will tell but you I voted this. Republicans, you know, for some Republicans right up until I guess probably the 70s. Well, there you go. But I use you as an example because uh, I love you. I've told you many times before. I don't just like you. I love you. You're one of my best friends. Right. Uh, On the other side, I like Mike Lindell. I like Mike Lindell a lot. He's Mm -hmm. way far right. How is that possible, Mike, that I can like somebody far left and far right, but nobody else in the world can seem to figure that out? Well, I think think in in that case, you're looking at, at people as people. Yeah, that's exactly right. But that's not the way it's done anymore. Why not, Mike? It, it should be. Let's look at each individual. Like, you know, I like most black people. I don't like Tevin. I mean, it's just the way it is. Yes. Although his name is AJ right now. He's got God, the AJ always... logo up there. <laughs> uh, you know what? You can mislabel, but you can't hide. <laughs> you can't. You can mislabel. But see, I, I just wish that people would understand that I am pretty much, I've been a Democrat, I've been a Republican, and I'm kind of pretty much a centrist now. Mm-hmm. I love pretty, some pretty extreme lefties, some pretty extreme righties. As long as they don't get too nuts and start, you know, harming people over this, which I suppose being part of some of these things does harm people. But Oh, yeah. I just, why is it, I guess I'm just not personally that political that I actually, because there are some people I've run into is like, Oh my God, you're so liberal. I just can't believe it. I was listening to the show the other day. You're so liberal. And I run into other people. Could, could you be any more conservative? My God. It's like, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's you. You know? Yeah. And I would say it's not just you. I think any radio show I've ever listened to, one caller will call in and do exactly what you're saying. Like, oh my gosh, you're so yes. this. And then the next person is like, well, no, you're really so this. And the person that's on air is like, well, what is it? Like, I can't be both extremes at the same time. So it's not me. I think it's terrific. But, you know, I just wanted everybody to, to understand that. it's it's To me, it's not what party you're in, what your beliefs are. It's what you are as a human being. Mm. And that's why I don't understand how you can hate somebody you don't even know. That you amazes know, me. You know, I I, um, I don't want to mention any um, any one person, candidate, whatever. Mm-hmm. But but what I would say is that right now, where the like uh, where the cleave is now, it's like it's whether or not you think that you think that Taylor Swift is part of a conspiracy theory <laughs> to de- to degrade and destroy the morals of America. <laughs> You know what I do believe? 
that as soon as her album's complete, she'll be long gone. That's what I think. I don't know. I think she she just kind of likes what she does. I think you know. I mean, she oh, this tour sure. of hers. What was look a, a year long tour, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think so. And I yeah. think I think uh, I I saw a number that um, something like so far in the tour there have been uh, I think four point three five million tickets sold. Yeah, and so what that what that amounts to is more than a billion dollars of mm-hmm. merchandise tickets. Yep. And she's so she is she's not only the most popular woman in the world. I don't think I don't think anyone comes close right now. Probably true. Yeah, but she's the richest. I mean, you know, she is a billionaire. She she's doing something right, and I don't think I I just you know you and I might see it differently, but I don't think she's has any interest in stepping off the pedestal. Well, but it's her pedestal. So if he crowds her too much, she will step. He will have to step off. Yeah, and I think just because she's been on this ridiculous tour that seems like it's been going on right. forever and she's always performing, that she'll naturally take a step back when it's done just so she can kind of rest oh, and recover. Yeah. But I don't think she's – we're going to be talking about Taylor Swift or she'll be making music and being a sensation for years to come. One of the best uh... – one of the best, uh, I, I looked through some of the, uh, I just read from another site, some of the uh, comments being made on, on the on the, uh, the U-Chan conspiracy theory QAnon sites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. And there were people saying that, uh, you know, the whole thing is she's just a fraud, the, and that, that whole relationship is just a fraud. And the only reason that, that she's in this relationship with Travis Kelsey is that she just she's really wants to just suck away all his money. She's in it for the money. <laughs> in it for the sure. money. She's a billionaire. She's richer than he is. He, he, a lot richer than he is. Uh, well, he, she, he, he if she stops doing everything today, if she never never sells another album, never goes to another, never has another concert, and Travis Kelsey stays as a as a one of the best the best tight ends ever he could do that for 50 years he wouldn't have come close to having her money no no exactly <laughs> so i think Look, that's I got no, probably not it i don't know i i've never heard her sing a whole song she seems like she's an okay singer yeah she's i don't okay. think she's anything special um she's an attractive young woman uh, I, I you know i guess maybe that's part of it mm-hmm. hey if they like you they like you there are people who didn't like the Beatles, so yeah. i don't really understand well you want know, to give you a good example? You know who hates the Beatles? Hmm. Tim Laudner. <laughs> <laughs> how can anyone like, hate the Beatles? I know. How can you hate the Beatles? Especially goes, someone that age. He grew you know up with the does. Beatles. Exactly. And you know what he does when he tells you he hates the Beatles? Hmm. He goes just like this. I hate a Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to do the British accent. <laughs> <laughs> a guy with that great Minnesota accent. He's got the great Minnesota accent. But... Uh, yeah, I, I just really wish that people would dial it back and calm down, stop with the hatred, and it's, uh, automatically you're my enemy because you're a different political party or you're a, uh, you're not a Christian, you're a Jew, or you're a Jew, not a Christian. Mm. Or, uh, I'm really getting tired of that. Yeah, and Gelfan, just because of uh, the uh, people that were saying that Travis Kel- or that Taylor Swift is in it for the money with her relationship, mm. Travis Kelsey's net worth $40 million, which is up. <laughs> 10 million yeah. since October, which is right about when all of their dating really hit, right. skyrocketed. Yeah. Uh, just shy of his girlfriend's net worth, 1.1 billion. So, 
He's definitely not dating, or she's not dating him for money. No. Yeah, you know, I, I do think no. that if someone signs the accord before they get married, it's going to be like eight pages for him. Oh, initial there, initial there, initial no. there, initial there. And for Taylor, said, no, you're good. Yeah. Do you think we'll ever get to a point, because we never have before, but maybe it's gotten so bad now, will we ever get back to judging one person for being that person, not part of another group of people? No. You know, I, I, I tend to, and I don't know why I came to do this, but I just did, I tend to judge people individually. It's not like, oh, Tevin's black, so he's this, and Gelfand's a Jew, so he's this, and I... I just never did that. Maybe it's because of where I grew up. I don't know. Mm. But I just really wish we'd get past this this entire group of people I'm condemning because they're not what I am. Well, you know, the one group that I find that is the most forgiving, the group that, you know, views everyone as a human being, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's the Minnesota Lutherans. You think so? I, I, I mean, I, I truly believe that. They're the most accepting people. Now, That's of course— good. If you get into the Missouri Synod folks, for example, no. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> um, do you know that story? Is that why you brought up Missouri Synod? Well, well, there's a lot of those stories. When I was 16 years old, I met a girl. She was a, she worked at Donaldson's Garden Room where I worked. That's where I met her. Mm -hmm. She's a pretty young woman. Uh, all the rest of it, and I, I thought that'd be cool. That's why I brought up Soder. You know, Soderberg's reopened for Valentine's Day. Did you know that? I did not know that. Because they closed Soderberg's. I went to Soderberg's. I was 16 years old. I bought a, a thing of flowers because I wanted to go ask her out. Mm -hmm. So I got the flowers. I'm 16 years old. I walk up to the door, and I knock on the door, and her father answers. And he looks at the flowers, and he looks at me, and he goes, I have to ask you a question. I said, yes, sir, what's that? And he goes, is it true that you're Catholic? And I said, yes, it is. And he goes, we're Missouri Synod. Ooh, yeah. shut the door <laughs> in my face. And yeah, they're, the, they're not the group I was talking about as being very accepting, no. But I, I yeah. certainly, as a teenager, I, I experienced some of the same things. Did you, know. you really? Oh, yeah. It's like, uh, yes, yes, I, I had... There had there were some bitter, bitter conversation at times with with fathers. Oh yes, yeah. so and I understand exactly what you're talking about because it was a, a much different deal back then. I just like I said, do you? I really would like us, and maybe we've never done it in the history of manhood or womanhood or whatever hood you got. Can we just ever ever judge each person individually, not as mm -hmm. part of a group? Well, maybe after that, that one huge atomic bomb drops, <laughs> wipes out half, half, the, half of humanity. Yeah, maybe then we'll just sort of like see it from a different perspective. But that, that, uh, every time you bring that up, I think of the fact that that was a political statement that cost I don't know how many people their lives. You know that the, the, most people do not know this, that Japan had already surrendered yes. and then we dropped the bomb? Yeah, just kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it's like, okay, you dropped the bomb. Now now let's uh, just put our signature on it. So they dropped two bombs. Mm. This is after the Japanese had surrendered. The reason they dropped those bombs was as a threat to Russia to back off. That's why we did it. Yeah. If you ever read up on it, we did it to scare the Russians, not anybody else. How many Japanese people lost their lives? I don't know. 
But, you know, they got involved in a war. How many people, how many Americans lost their lives because of the Germans, the Japanese? It's just, the whole thing is disgusting. And the irony about that is that eventually, of course, the, the biggest atomic threat in the world was from the Russians. And it wasn't, yep. it wasn't from the bombs either. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So, but they just didn't I, care, you know, about, mm-hmm. about you know how many people died from their defective electrical facilities. So, yeah, one or two, you yeah. know. So, Tevin and Andy, what do you think of this whole? Do you think the people will ever get to the point where they can just accept anybody uh, face value and find out later if you don't like them? Don't ex- don't judge them up front. I don't like you because of this, that, yeah, and you don't even know them. You think we'll ever get to the point where we can just accept people for who they are and what they are? Uh, probably not. People never. No, people mostly. You know, oh, if they see one excerpt of something somebody said, now I don't like that person, so I'm not even going to take the opportunity to try and mm-hmm. get to know them or see their side of things. And so I don't think that that's really going to change. Where people are too dug into one side versus the other at this point. I'm with Mike. Where it's we're one war crime away from reuniting as a nation. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good way to put it. Unfortunately, it's not a fun goal to pass, no. but, you know, it, it, it is there. Right. The last time we were, like, close as coming together for a country was, like, 9-11. 9-11. Yeah, 9-11 really did bring the country together for a long time. Was it about a month? No, I mean, it was a good probably, I don't know, it was three, up four un- years. Yeah, it was up until we got tired of that Toby Keith song or Alan Jackson, whatever <laughs> song oh, yeah. he made. Where yeah, were you? Yeah. yeah. Where were you? Yeah. yeah. Is that text you're sending so important that you missed your turn? Is that text you're sending so important that you ran the red light? Is that text you're sending so important you didn't see the ball coming onto the road or the child that followed? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. When you take your eyes off the road for even four seconds, your vehicle travels 100 yards. That's the entire length of a football field. If you absolutely have to text, you need to pull off the road somewhere safe and do it from there. Texting and driving is against the law and can cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Going farther with Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Remember that great that great dispute between the Dixie Chicks? Oh yes. yeah, when they didn't yep. like George Bush. Yeah. And uh, and so uh, so um, 
one of the Dixie Chicks. It was probably uh, Natalie Means. She's the, the the lead singer. And they hadn't really been a hyper-political group. But, of course, then they became one because they went to they, – they, yeah, they, they said bad things about – just really mostly in passing about George Bush the lesser when they were in England – and then all the country singers, you know, rallied against her. And she was, she, the, the Dixie Chicks were basically, uh, well, they were blacklisted just because they they were as much on the right as, as Toby Keith was on the left. And so Natalie Maine said, you know, these guys, Toby Keith, he doesn't have any kind of, I mean, he's not talented. You know, anybody anybody can say, you know, I'll, I'll put a boot up your ass. And they asked, <laughs> so then they asked Toby Keith, you know, about what she said. And he said, Yep, anyone could do it, but I did. But I did. <laughs> yeah, that well, was his comeback. <laughs> well, it's pretty good, actually. I like that comeback. Well, was, yeah, I just that I think it. I think it said all there is need to be said. But maybe we should teach that in our school systems. Why don't you just lay back and observe? Don't spout off immediately because uh, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Observe, watch other people, see what it's all about, and maybe you could get to know people. You might. Might even end up liking somebody just because you don't agree on certain things. Mm. I have tons of friends that I don't agree with either politically or in a business manner or, or how they comport themselves. But they're still my friends because they're yeah. this intrinsic value in friendship, I guess. The problem, though, is, all, is uh, another problem besides the money problem is just the fact that misinformation has just swallowed information. Yeah, it has. That's true. And you know, we saw we saw this in the in in Congress yesterday, where they were going after uh, various sites, I guess, X and TikTok and all that stuff. You know. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And and uh, and they were you know, a lot of indignation, but uh, but you know, they weren't talking about on the other side. They were talking about all the lies and the disinformation and misinformation. Uh, and the really harmful things that were going on on you know places sites like QAnon for example Instagram mm-hmm. people getting their news it's not really news but getting no, their lies no. from these sites so we're I mean this is an assault from every direction it is and to tell you the truth that's why I've not been on social media in 12 years now mm-hmm. I just decided 12 years ago uh, I just couldn't, I didn't want anything to do with that. People, everybody thinks, first of all, they're much smarter than you. Everybody thinks they're a tough guy on social media. Well, sure. Everybody right. thinks, I, all these wonderful, I just, I finally got to the point, I just said, I just don't need these people in my lives. Is this how you're going to act? I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, well, I, I, uh, I mean, the internet serves a great purpose because, you know, right. I, and I, I really appreciate it every time I, I make another Tinder date. <laughs> How's that going? Well, you know, I, I it wasn't going that well. Um, like I kept setting up a Tinder date, you know, and then like they an hour later they'd cancel. But I don't blame them for that. I blame Google. Sure, that makes total. If sense. It wasn't There's for no Google. I think they would have gone through with the date. So now, now I just say, look, okay, I'm um, I'm out with these sites. They're not working for me, uh, and so now I'm just on Bumble. What is Bumble? I don't even know what that is. Well, that's, that's a dating app where uh, you don't you 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 know you post your information, meaning men do, and after that they have no say about anything, mm-hmm. because they can't contact um, the the person they want to date. Mm-hmm. Um, they they just have to wait and hope they are contacted by by I guess it's mostly women. Um, I don't know I don't know what they do about 
about same-sex dating, but you know most of it is men posting, and then they hope that the women uh, say, mm-hmm. "Yeah, let's get together" or something. So, uh, which is really not a bad way of doing it because most of these people they want to hook up, right? They're not looking mm-hmm. for long-term relationships. It's maybe not as palpably uh, erotic, or we shouldn't say erotic. I just say you know <laughs> gutter as as Tinder. With Tinder, you know, it's just. You you contact someone, and if your loins are not touching within the next 24 hours, <laughs> then you say, well, what the hell was that about? <laughs> what a waste of time. <laughs> so Bumble's a little different, but when you think about it, it's like, oh, yeah. So, so in other words, you're just going to let the women decide whether you hook up. It's kind of the way it's always been. Yeah, absolutely it is. There's no question about that. I, uh, from most of the people I know of a certain age, Almost all of them met their spouses or girlfriends or boyfriends on the Internet. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's just how it goes now, right? Yeah, whatever happened to just getting drunk in a bar? What do you mean? I never did that. He lied. (laughs) You know what's amazing about that? Hmm. Is that I only drank in bars legally for one year of my life. Yeah. Yeah, I did. It's true. I started drinking when I was 11 years old, Mm. and then I quit when I was 21. So when I turned 21, that was the only year that that basically, and I don't even remember how many months I was into it when I just stopped drinking completely. So was it, with me, was it not the drinking? It was the knowing that I was breaking the rules? Well, I think that's true because I started drinking at about 16. Mostly I foolishly thought Mm -hmm. that would maybe help me with my depression. Sure. Well, yeah. calm you down. At well, least the first one. Make you more depressed, but yeah, calm you yes. down. Yes. And then, uh, yep. well, actually, when I turned 18, I stopped drinking. Oh, you're not, you've never been a drinker as far as I know. Oh, no, no, because I was long gone. I mean, I I did get drunk once when I was 21. So that was, that was more than 50 years ago, and I haven't been intoxicated since. But the reason that I stopped drinking was I realized that I could never be an alcoholic. And why not? Because I don't have that gene. Well, I suppose. You know, yeah. you can yeah, keep well, drinking. You can keep drinking, but the addiction part, you're either going to have or you're not. That's a very good point, because when I, when I did start drinking again, at, uh, I think I was like 31, mm. I drank for about... I think I was just short of 60 years old, something like that. And when it was suggested to me that maybe I should stop drinking by this redheaded woman that I know. Oh, yeah, yeah I've heard of her. I just stopped. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I didn't argue with her. I didn't, it was like, okay, whatever. I, and that's got to be, uh, I don't know, that's got to be a physical thing because after drinking for 28 years or whatever, you just stop. Yeah. Most people can't do that, can they? Well, as, no. Well, as I say, I mean, it's there are other things involved. Even if you don't have the, right. the gene, even if you're not chemically, you, you can be. You know, you can be. You're never going to be chemically addicted, but you reach a certain point where you don't know how to function, which is an ironic term. Without it, makes total sense to me. Uh, I just got an email suggested to me that because why can't people just accept people for what they are and how they are and all the rest of it. And this person pointed out to me that, Tom, that'll never happen as long as money's involved. And I'd have to agree with that. Money changes everything. Yeah. You, I've had people I thought were some of my best friends steal money from me. I mean, I just can't believe they would do something like that. But it's happened to me. Mm-hmm. It's probably happened to you guys, too, I would imagine. Yeah, well, you know, the only time that 
someone I really loved and cherished stole from me. It didn't go on very long. was when my brother was addicted to heroin. Right. Sure. So he might take a, a coin I had or something, you know, a rare coin, and he mm-hmm. might sell it so that he could get another, another fix, you know. And that just shows you, though, what the, the power of these drugs and why, you know, how many people are we losing every year to addiction of, or maybe sometimes it's not even addiction, it's just taking the wrong pill. But, man, those things change your character overnight. My brother was the most generous, giving person that, that I've ever mm-hmm. known, and the most honest, too. What drove him to it, Mike? What do you think? Well, probably my mother. Uh, well, you've mentioned that before, yeah. Because she was a classic Munchausen's case. And uh, so you got to go back, really, I mean, you got to go back to that October 31st of 1930 when she came home. She was eight, and she came home from school, and her dad was dead. Mm-hmm. As you know, I've told you the story because her father, being Jewish and living in the ghetto of North Minneapolis, had appendicitis, or so they think, went to one of the only seedy clinics around where a Jew could go, and the the surgeon, if that's what he was, dropped the scalpel on, on him, and then triggered my mother, and she became a total neurotic, and she probably had the depression gene, of course, I'm sure she did. Mm-hmm, sure. And so she just made, that helped her make a wreck of my brother, and he just never, just, you know, he was just too kind to really come to terms with all that, you know. He thought that if he was just nice to my mother that he could rewrite the history. But she was still going to be the same person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was part... And so, I, you know, I don't blame her for much at all. I just say this is how it sometimes starts. But it's hopelessness. It's depression. It's hopelessness. I think those are the two big, the two big things. And, of course, the third thing is it's access. Yeah, access is a huge part of it. You know, it kind of came up this morning a little bit. Didn't spend a lot of time on it, but I wish people would just take a few moments, maybe in the first month, and just realize we're not all the same. Uh, Your brother's a good example. You and your brother had a lot of things in common, and some things you did not have in common. Mm -hmm. Uh, I imagine it was not any easier for you to deal with your family problems than it was for your brother. No. But you handled it in a different way because you were a different person. Yeah. I mean, I was fortunate that I was not the firstborn. I had one other sibling. It was my older brother. And that saved me from a lot of stuff. Because, you know, once, once your older sibling is being harassed, and, you know, maybe abused in some ways, not, not, not just sexually abused, or, but there are many ways of being abused. Most of the time what they set out to do is take it and protect their younger siblings. Yeah, that would be good. I mean, seriously, I want to get to – I'm going to have to let the dog in. Jude <laughs> yes. comes and knocks on the door. <laughs> I want to come in. <laughs> and he will not stop knocking on the door until you let him. He wants to be part. Yeah. You want to be part of the family, don't you, Judy? Hey, Jude. Remember, uh, remember Wally Walker's cat? Oh, God, yes. Legendary cat who, of course, Wally didn't help matters any by letting the cat roam around the neighborhood. But uh, <laughs> some people do and some don't. Yeah. So, like, you know, he'd let the cat out maybe 8 o'clock at night and, you know, Maybe totally have forgotten it, but four in the morning, the cat would start slamming his forehead against the door. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? You slam its forehead. Yeah, that's how. Well, yeah, because the cat was knocking on the door. 
Yeah, see, dogs can do it with their paws, but a cat, the cats don't have enough power in their legs to make a noise, I suppose. Well, what, 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 what cats do is mostly, if, if they're inside and you, you say, well, I'm just going to close the bedroom door, they get those claws under the door and they start rocking <laughs> that door. And they're not going to quit. They have an attention span yeah, of forever. They do indeed. All right, let's talk about a little uh, society. Anything going on? You got your basketball team that's still doing pretty well. Won again last night. Yeah, they All played. All the other teams suck. They played Dallas, who had like, what did they have? Uh, Kevin, you might know, like two of their starters. Uh, yeah, their two best players, Luka Doncic and yeah. Kyrie Irving, did not yeah. play. Well, there goes 80 points. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they do that, Kevin? Uh, it's, it's, I don't know why. They say they're overworked and so they got to rest because a lot of people want to be ready for the regular or the postseason. So you'll get a lot of people that are just, you know, general weakness or a lot of bilateral wet, uh, leg weakness type uh, injury designations for why they're Invented not by the, who? Joe Mauer, yes. They, you got it. <laughs> they take him to Joe Mauer. Oh, yeah, that's right. What did, what did he call that, that injury? Uh, bilateral. bilateral leg weakness. Oh, yeah, bi- yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and I didn't see where, uh, I mean, is is actually hitting a little ground ball up the middle of the plate, is that that exhausting? (laughs) It's like, oh, he just rolled another one into center field. I hope he's okay. Mike, what kind of year are we going to have with the Twins? I don't see a whole lot of talent showing up. I think that uh, more things can go wrong than can go right. Kind of seems like. But they're in the right uh, division. Yeah, true. That is true. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm a huge Twins fan, but they they lost a lot of good people this year. And I shouldn't say lost; they gave away yeah a lot of good people this year. They didn't keep. Did they keep anyone the uh, big player that wanted to sign for some decent money? Oh yeah, they they still got a lot of good players, and and then and then some bad mm-hmm. ones too. I mean, Max Kepler yes. has a deal. <laughs> they just I can't get rid. They, they cannot get rid of him. Nobody nobody wants to. <laughs> They just want people to zero in on those three good months he had in eight years. And that's the real Kepler. But no, really, the totals don't really say that. And, and what's gonna, what I think is really crazy is that, I mean, I know that Polanco's getting old and he's not at his peak anymore. Now mm-hmm. they're going to have a second baseman who refuses to swing when he has two strikes. I mean, literally, will not swing. It's like, you know how most guys, the, the deal in baseball is that if you have two strikes, you're supposed to, you're supposed to protect the plate. Mm-hmm. He abandons the plate. He, Why? It, and it's, a, it's a psychological thing. He cannot get the bat off his shoulder. I, I am pretty sure that he, has, that he has taken more called strike threes, in the, well, certainly last year, than anyone in baseball. So my question is, why doesn't the coach go here? Here's a suggestion. I, I, I assume they do, but it's a cycle. You know, it's like having the yips. It's just like you know. Yeah, I guess. Like these guys, you I'm sure you played golf with who hit the hell out of the ball, and then they get an eight foot putt, and they they can't for the life of them make it. It's the yeah, that's yips. True. Yeah, that's true. You might be talking about me personally, but other than that, you know. Well, it's a pretty common remember. thing. It is a very common thing. So who did we who did we keep on the team? I know we Kepler did sign because I heard he was going to, so he did sign with the Twins. Yeah, but there's I think he's I still think I think he may have a year or two to go. But he I can't remember. But but they're certainly trying to trade him. But most people most I mean smart baseball people know that he's been a negative for almost his entire eight year career. 
Uh, he's a decent outfielder, don't you think? He's a decent and a very safe outfielder. He's, yeah, he's right. not going to, they don't have to launder his uniform after the game. <laughs> he's not going to die for no, any balls. No, he lets everything bounce in front of him. Yeah, I and, but you know, the, but the apparently the analytics suggest that he's pretty good. But you know, if you watch him day after day, yeah, he's he's okay. So who they got now? I'm I'm trying to think of of who's left and who's still. Well, they around. got who? they got the um, their best player. You know, when he's healthy, is Royce, of course, Royce Lewis. Mm-hmm. And so he, so he's back, and let's hope that he can play a full season because he was dynamic. A good player. I love baseball, man. Always have loved baseball. I, I think that had to do with North Commons and then Cleveland Field when we moved up to the different neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We always got together. The kids in the neighborhood got together and played baseball or softball. Actually, we didn't play softball. We played baseball. Yeah. It was always a baseball, not a softball. Oh, softball yeah, that's, came later. Yeah, same here. We, I was I was playing uh, playing baseball at the uh, – at the uh, the Jewish Community Center baseball field, which is not mm-hmm. what anything what you're thinking about now. It was it was like <laughs> it was basically like a backyard on Cre- yeah. on Creton and Jefferson, and so I was I was always playing with older kids. So for them, if you broke Mr. Martin's uh, garage window, it was it was a it was a ground rule double. But if you hit it onto the roof. Of the Jewish Community Center, it was a home run. Well, I couldn't do either, of course, <laughs> and that's when I learned how to slap the ball into left field because I was a lefty. Oh. So you know, I, uh, but I got by okay, and until the day that I was pitching and somebody hit like about a seventy-mile line drive that hit my forehead, and then I said, "Yeah, you oh, know." Oh God! And I'm like seven years old, and they're ten, right? So I stopped pitching after that. No more pitch. You so that you were pitching and got hit with a line drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that must have hurt like mad. Well, you know, it was not appropriate for me to be playing hardball with those kids. <laughs> no, I understand. I got hit in the left hip once. That didn't feel good either. Did you get the pointer? Mm, I, I, yes, I yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we didn't know what that was, but. <laughs> no, I was pitching that day. I decided they 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 just I didn't decide. They decided I should be the pitcher. Mm. So I'm pitching. But the third guy up hits a line shot, hits me right in the left hip bone. Ooh, Holy yeah. God, did that hurt. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Well, Kevin, were your, was your shoulder injury, was that, was that from, from baseball or was it from basketball? Uh, me, oh, I had, I don't think I ever hurt my shoulder, but most of my injuries were from football. So knees? Yep, knees, a hip flexor, tear, yeah, a, yeah. Lot, of, a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. What did you play, NDSU? Uh, yeah, it was NDSU, yep. Well, he was, he was probably the 
probably one of the five best uh, players in Osceola. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take that. <laughs> there were four there's, others. I didn't yeah, even know that. There's nobody here to dispute that. So well, I'll take my. Spot well, we don't. We don't hear about best. a lot no. of uh, Hall of Famers from Osceola. No, there was a couple. I think there was a kid, Lincoln Howard, that he played college football. It's uh, Division One. Um, they just won a national national championship, a state championship in football two years ago. So yeah, they've got some good athletes that have mm-hmm. come through there. Powerhouse, like Osceola, it. Wisconsin. NDSU is that Division Two? Uh, nope, that's Division One AA. One AA. There you go. Yeah. Okay, that's I forgot they changed that whole deal. Some years they're really pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah. At one point, I think they won. It was like they eight of nine championships or something yeah. like that, back to back to back to back to back. So. And there's there. a few of those guys uh, in in professional football too. Uh, yeah, Carson Wentz was a uh, number two oh, overall right. pick. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance yeah. is in the league. Uh, but yeah, they've got Billy Turner was a starter for the Packers for years as a lineman. So yeah, there's NDSU all over the NFL. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool when you think of it that way. Yeah, Division One AA. It's weird seeing like your friends playing professional sports, and you're like, oh yeah, like I know that guy. I used to go party in the dorms with that guy, and so it's it's nice to see that. But uh, yeah, it's not always fun when they don't do well. Like Carson Wentz, I remember yeah. thinking he was going to be great, and then yeah, he's not uh, hasn't really panned out for him in the league. So that's a tough one to swallow. Yeah, no, I understand that, no question about it. All right, anything big in the news we should be covering? I haven't I haven't even opened my computer to look at the news since this morning. So anything, any big news we should know about? Uh, big news. The only like big thing was the in Robbinsdale, the teachers are like walked out. And so there's like some sort of strike going on there, but I think other than that, it's been a pretty quiet news cycle here in Minnesota. And, and the only thing that was unusual about them is they had a formal strike because teachers are walking out of every school around here. Yeah, and they, they ain't are, coming what, back either. What is that all about? It's about the fact that they wanted to be a teacher and they can't teach. So why can't they teach? Because the students can't learn. Because they don't know how to read. Uh, well, a lot of it is that it's it's you know it's just kids, kids who grow up in families with with uh, without a parent who's at home, you know that that's mm-hmm. it's, that's a really tough break because you don't got people reading. You don't got I said ironically, but you don't have people <laughs> you don't you don't have people reading to you when you're four years old. I mean, I'm sure you read to your kids when they were like one year old, right? Oh yeah, yep. And uh, but but they don't have that that thing going and it's it's whenever you've got kids who come home and there's no parent around the neighborhood and the kids are raising the kids mm-hmm. it's a real problem well it was that's how it was in my family it really didn't turn out to be much of a problem other than me of course but you the, of course miscreant you did have you did have i i think you had older siblings who at least you know looked after you a little bit my my older sister Vicky, yeah, she's two years older than me. Yeah, she looked. I mean, she looked after me to the point she's five feet tall, mm. and if anybody on the playground got mouthy with me, <laughs> she would go over and just kick the piss out of them. It was phenomenal. Five feet was great tall, to watch. but she's a Bernard. <laughs> she, yeah, Vicky kept very very close watch on me. She yeah. was yeah having her in my and I should say my brother in law Pat O'Brien too. Mm. He was married to my sister Bobby. He's no longer with us unfortunately. Died young. But he was very, very helpful. And Tom, you should read this. You should watch this. You should look. He was a very, very smart guy, and he 
he was a, he was great to have around, no question. And I think I think one of the things that would help this problem that they have in schools now in many schools mm-hmm. is I turned my ringer off and it still won't stop ringing. I don't get it. That's how much in demand you are. It just goes mm-hmm. right through the barrier. Yeah. I just got a call from Switzerland. <laughs> well, that must be very important. If it's from Switzerland, maybe they want to offer you some money. I, I know Jewish art, stolen Jewish art. Stolen Jewish art in Switzerland could be that. Yeah, maybe they're going to give it back to the Jews and use you as a conduit. Who the hell is calling me from Switzerland? Uh, maybe the bank. There's, let's see, three, six, there's ten digits to it. Mm-hmm. So... You know, it's isn't that well? That's when you got ten. It starts four one six three. It's probably one of those like, hey, you have a great uncle that you never knew about that left you billions of dollars. But we <laughs> oh, need sounds your, good uh, to me. We need your social security number and address before we can uh, more, claim it. And me, more if like I, if, if I get a if I get a text message from Switzerland, I get excited, and then I find out they're willing to pay me forty percent of what my house worth if I want to. Just sell it to them right away. Yeah, right away. By the way, they just left a message, actually. Oh, yeah. So I'll have to check it after the show, see what message I got Well, you're from not going to share it with us? Come I on, could. You've, you've taken us this far. How about if I hit the audio <laughs> and it goes, Tom, you prick? <laughs> what do you think? It could happen. That would be good, though, to know that we've got, we're have got we alienating people all the way over well, to you know what, though? The great thing about that is I could, they probably left a text message, don't you think? Yeah, that's what yeah. usually happens. Okay, talk amongst or, yourself and I'll, I'll see. Yeah, or well, what was it? Was Shelby, he was in um, like England or something and somebody came up to him and was like, oh, do you know so-and-so that's on the Tom Bernard show? Or you know Tom Bernard when he was on vacation? Really? Um, wasn't that Shelby that he said he was overseas and somebody came up to him and was, oh, recognized yeah. him off? on of a plane or something, yeah. right? Yeah, he thought they were like, oh, you watched the news and you know me, I'm Don Shelby, and it was... Oh, you're Tom's friend. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's not necessarily a great uh, experience, I would imagine. You can go either right, way, let's right. face it. Okay, talk amongst yourself, and I'll listen to the message and see if it's important, okay? Sure. Probably right. turn our mics off while you do it, I'm Okay, you guys talk. You, you two in right. Studio A, talk. Yell yeah. fan, what, uh, what do you want to talk about while we, while we switch everything over? I don't know. I think maybe my athletic prowess. Yeah, so... The baseball experience. Have you? Did you ever hit a home run? Did you? Get no. To, or are you just stuck to the? No, I just slapped the ball into left field and uh, ran like crazy. Yeah, I don't know what sport I would have pictured you playing as a child, but I guess baseball fits. What were you at? Are there any other sports? Well, the thing is, you know, when when I was five years old, six years old, we played t-ball. Mm-hmm. But um, baseball is not. I mean, the baseball the popularity as a participant is. It's nothing. It's just a fraction of what it was when I was a kid. They're all playing soccer now. Oh, yeah. Well, because even when I was a kid, like, there was a lot of people that played baseball, but soccer was that everybody yeah. was in the Saturday morning Oh, yeah. The, the, you got, like, eight games going on at the local park. Yep. It's really just a bunch of kids <laughs> yeah. chasing the ball. Chasing the ball. Here to eat Rice Krispies and Capri Suns afterwards. Yeah. But it's technically we were up playing soccer. We had, we lived, uh, you know, the, the kids I coached in T-ball, for the most part, um, they were mostly from the poor side of town. Mm-hmm. So we, we had the, the, uh, the Icy's. 
that, that people would get if they if it was their turn. Yep. They'd get the ICs at Costco, and I think they were like a penny uh, an icy. Yeah. I don't know. It was like, you know, they just turned on a faucet and put some powder in there, and it was an icy. <laughs> but uh, at least everyone got ICs. Right. Uh, might have been a misdial. Uh-oh. Because they're speaking Swiss, <laughs> and I don't speak Swiss. You don't. So I have no idea what the hell they were saying. Well, you know, there's a, there's an app for that. Yeah, I'm sure. The, yes, there is. <laughs> I can just put it into Google Translate. It'll translate for you. Google Translate. Mm-hmm. I think I'll do that at a, at a later <laughs> yeah, date. Maybe yeah. you don't want that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe I don't want to find out what they're talking to me. You may have just agreed to join some before. sort of ring. You guys ever been in Switzerland? No. no. Not. Gorgeous. Absolutely. Lake Luzerne is amazing. And I don't know if it's the, they're still this way, but uh, basically... It, if you want to show up and make a decent living and live a good life, that's great. You start chirping too much, you're gone. <laughs> so, you're out. Is it Switzerland where it's almost impossible if you're not from there to then gain citizenship there? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's definitely one of those places. Yep. Malta's very, very pretty difficult. tough, too. Where else? Where Malta. Is? Malta? Yeah. That's that's where now, that's, that's the trend there. Because you can get a passport from there, and then you can, then that makes, means you're a citizen. You also get a driver's license, even though there are no roads. <laughs> no, it's true. Well, yeah. That's wonderful. And so now you got people like Elon Musk and others, the people who have all the money. They, they're, all, they're all into being citizens of Malta. And that's basically probably yeah. Malta's number one product is passports. Just to be a citizen. Yeah, yeah. Just to, yeah because then you, know, you don't have to pay your income taxes anymore. Well, do they anyway? Well, what they do is, in there, the money is free, though. You know, I mean, eventually, you know, people who don't pay any income tax, in, in, they're still worth a lot of money. And so then they still have to worry about being taxed when they die. It's, I mean, like, I personally oh, yeah. don't worry about being taxed when I die. No, no, I could understand why you kind of, you know, it's but, full acceptance. Yeah, but then again, of course, you know, I don't, I'm not... I would, it wouldn't be that much money anyway, but still. So, so, yeah, guys like Elon Musk are all lining up and spending millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. to become citizens of Malta because it's worth it. I guess it is. Now, i got to ask you guys, this would be good. we got about, uh, I don't know, eight, ten minutes left on the show here. Did you watch any of the, uh, any of the social media giants appearing before uh, Congress? Did you watch any of it? I did not, no. No, Mike? I saw I saw clips of it. Yeah, Andy, did you watch it? I have not. I'm aware of it though. I mean, it's pretty interesting in that you know, they, Mark Zuckerberg was the guy they roasted the most, and you know, he the, he actually was asked to stand up and turn around and apologize to all these different people, mm-hmm. and he actually did it in a very insincere manner. Uh, so you what don't do you think, think about those were real tears? Well, Zuckerberg's an android. He can't feel emotions. I so, agree I mean, with you. Yeah. I do agree. He's not an emotional guy at no, all. No, he's definitely, he's the exact kind of weirdo to make a billion-dollar website. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But like I said, I don't go on social media, so I don't know. Apparently, it's uh, the issue now is the pornography that's automatically just sent to everybody. I mean, is that, yeah, violence. Is that a huge problem? Violence, a lot of violence. A lot too, of really. violence, and a lot of inspiring kids to kill themselves. And yeah, why do they? Why would you want a kid to kill themselves? Does it make you feel powerful? Powerful. You, yeah, I think so. And oh, hate, it's just basic hatred too. Mm-hmm. A hatred of humanity. 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah? Yeah. Well, and even some of the stuff you'll see get censored or taken down. Like, I saw there was a podcast that posted something where they said something that's just, like, mean about somebody in sports. Like, and it got censored because of one of the words they used. But then you scroll a little bit further, and it's, you know, somebody trying to sell, you know, mm-hmm. sex on the Internet. And it's like, so we're going to censor. Where's this? <laughs> sex on the internet yes. whoever heard of it I, I didn't had no idea what was going on so even the stuff that they're trying to you know say oh we got all this stuff in place to get censored and taken down like it's not effective no. and they just go well we just made the website we don't control what people do and like you have to take some accountability for what i would think so yeah but you know it is uh, annie makes a good point uh, but because it's it's the richest people who have the fewest emotions I mean, Elon Musk is a great example. Zuckerberg's mm-hmm. a great example. Yeah. And these yep. guys weren't born necessarily to the manor, but they were born to the valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people go wrong there. I don't even, and of course, Musk was born in really one of the, I'd say the worst, uh, goes maybe among the, more, the 10% worst countries in the world. What do you mean? Uh, just saying, you know, it's not the friendliest place. Yeah, Where know, is it again? Uh, South Africa. Oh, that's right. He's from South Africa. Yeah, but really, the only people they really hate there are white people and black people. And Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Aborigines. Well, <that's> <laughs> and, Aborigines. Yeah. Why are they so hateful? Wasn't that supposed to be a great farming community at one time? Well, that was one of the things that turned into a very hateful experience. It did, apparently. Getting your farms, uh, basically, you know, they just would take the farms away. Whoever was in power. Right. They'd take the farms away from the people who weren't in power, and that tended to be a racial thing. So I have a question for you, because, I, like I said, I didn't watch any of it uh, yesterday. I, I saw the highlights on the national news. Um, so kids sit down, and they—because, again, I don't go—the last time I was on social media was 12 years ago, so I don't know anything about that— um, but all these things just, what do they just pop up on your screen? Is that how, how does this happen? You know, where these kids can see all this pornography. It just doesn't all of a sudden pop up on your screen, does it? Uh, yeah, it'll be, or if you. Oh, really? DMs or something like that, usually, yeah. or a group you're in. And there's, if you go to, so like, for example, I follow Sports Center, and so they'll post mm-hmm. a picture hey, the, you know, Vikings lost again today. And then why'd you have to say that now? Because I, I was going to say they won, but then I was like, ah, let's make this a realistic show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you scroll through the comments and you'll see, you know, real people being like, ah, oh, I can't believe it, whatever. And then you'll see fake accounts where it'll be some girl whose picture was probably stolen wearing a bikini. Mm, oh, yeah. And it'll be like, comment if you want, you know, sexy fun time tonight. And there will be just hundreds of these bots and comments on there. And then, really? Yeah, and then like that, and then that probably triggers something in the algorithm where oh, you want to see other things where people are also promoting, you know, sure. sexy whatever fun times, yep. and then you get now everything is just flooded with just garbage all over the place. So you really can't avoid it. It pops up oh, no, no matter what you do. It's going to pop up on your screen. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I even went through and reported, like, hey, I'm not interested in these types of pages because I was like, it's just mm-hmm. too much. Yeah. And it'll decrease the amount somewhat, but it still will every, you know, fifth post you scroll through will be, oh, here, check this girl out in a bikini. Check whatever else out. You always, every get, these, day. always get these Facebook requests, too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, every day I go on our chat room 
and every day there's a spam link on there to some mm-hmm. yeah uh, some insidious bitly link that probably brings you to a virus that you know it's like a bot that says hey check out my topless photos and And every day i go in there and i have to delete one so if you go into it though it's going to get into your business i wouldn't click that on anyone's machine i wouldn't click that on gelfand's computer yeah exactly (laughs) tell you it's just a garbage can i and the thing that bothers me is you know i i get all this stuff in the spam folder right Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's like it's ninety percent of it. I would say is either um, it's either uh, a penis extension or or it's uh, erectile dysfunction. And I don't mind getting all these spam things, but I hate the fact that they know me so well. <laughs> yeah, they get you just pegged. Jeez, how do they do that? Sometimes it really works, and sometimes it doesn't work at all. I, I don't. What what is that? <laughs> I mean, how the hell do you even get control of that type of thing? Yeah, that, um, and again, the, the reason that I left social media all those years ago is I get sick of telling people, I'll be out front at 2001 Southeast Elm Street in 10 minutes. You want to be a tough guy? Come on by. And I finally just got sick of doing that, and I went, I can't be on this anymore. Everybody on there is a tough guy. I hate that so much, yeah. I can't even do Is it still like that? Everybody's a tough guy on there? Yeah. They're, everybody's a tough guy. Everybody's an expert. That about sums it up. Yeah, it's oh, a good well. idea not to read the comment sections. You know, I would imagine anything that obscurely links you to any of that stuff, or mm-hmm. me. You know, I mean, I've I've read some of those comments, like when they'll do a story, when they would would do a story about the old the other morning show, which is now I guess it's still around, but I haven't heard it in so long. I mean, the old one. Yeah, thirteenth um, place, Mike. Is there any way to go down after that? Nope. Well, there's only 12 te- or 12 radio shows in their market, but, yeah. but but still, you know, when when you used to dominate the market, and now now like the religious station has 12 times more listeners, that yes. is humiliating. Yep. To me, that is because I don't think of radio as being a hot, uh, just a you know a, a total just just you know hottest thing in the world. And radio was never a religious station. Nothing wrong with religious stations, and a lot. And but I, you know, every now and then I'll flip around the dial, the preset, and somehow I'll come across like a, um, say a, a, a religious station that's that plays uh, full rock music. Really? Oh yeah, and it can fool you, you know, because right you're thinking, oh, this is rock music, and then, but then you know. The best way it's different is no one's saying cocaine anymore. They're saying Jesus instead. So they're just substituting the Mm -hmm. words, really all they're doing. i got to be honest with you. The only religious programming I pay attention to is the Righteous Gemstones. Oh, (laughs) great show. I love that show. That show is very – you guys watch it? I see it from time to time, yeah. I I do think, you know, and you probably disagree, but I think a little of it goes a long ways because it's really the same joke over and over. That's true. It is pretty much. But I like they put good people. on. Oh, yeah. The cast is great. The cast is amazing. But I mean, the, the religious people tend to get a little bit over the top. So that's one thing I like about it a lot. Mm. It's just way out there. All right. Another fantastic show, I thought. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, the the uh, the critics are weighing in now. Bafo, that kind of thing. Andy, the show's really doing well, isn't it? Yeah, 
I think people like the new format. I love it. There's no question. So we got to keep bringing you two hunyucks back. Whether I want to or not, yeah. you got to keep coming back. I know the feeling. <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks a lot.